it is really about creating this message that is bigger than you, that's bigger than your business, that you're using to call your right people in, to encapsulate the change that they want to see in the world, and really have people take action on your message so they become the messengers of that message, that they become the stewards of that message. And eventually, it takes on a life of its own. For me, it's the way that you can have real impact, that you can show real leadership and be known for something. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. Creating a movement is so much more than simply growing your business. It means sharing your core message with the world in a way that inspires them to take up your torch and share that message with others. The five-second rule, start with why. Sound familiar? These are Mel Robbins and Simon Sinek's movements, respectively. And there is a very specific formula the most successful movement makers follow in order for it to be impactful, catchy, shareable, impactful for their business, and ultimately for the movement to live beyond themselves. And Michelle Mazur has one of the most simple ways to do it really well. She's a woman who believes that communication can change the world. After getting her PhD and teaching communication at the University of Hawaii, she went into corporate and found that she was spending a lot of her time crafting the high-level executive speeches and letters. So she went out on her own eventually, coaching and training people to write speeches that actually made a difference, that created a movement. But then at the end of 2017, she realized that she was just done with that conversation, done with teaching all of the how-to for speaking and getting booked to speak. So she pivoted and stumbled upon her next evolution, sharing her own message with all business owners, not just speakers, on how they can create a movement every day in their businesses. Start with knowing your message. In Michelle's terms, this means finding your three-word rebellion. And during this conversation, she gives some great examples on how to do that. Then show up and share that message powerfully, authentically, and strategically. Create a vision for the future that your community can live into with you. And share small moment stories in your marketing to help it stick. I'm shortening it all here, but honestly, Michelle goes into so many practical steps that you can implement immediately to help you share your core message to more and more people and to create a movement that helps that message live way beyond you. So enjoy this conversation with Michelle. Michelle, what is going on, girl? I'm so excited that you're on the show. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Me too. So I have to tell you, and I did tell you this in the pre-chat, one of the things that really stood out when I read about you, and the reason why I'm having you on the show is because you talk a lot about and you teach a lot about how to start a movement, how to incite a movement in other people. Mm -hmm. 
you have in the past done that really through the lens of giving talks and speeches. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But you have expanded since then because it's so relevant for every single woman who owns her own business. And that just got me because I feel like that's something that I have a personal attachment to. I really feel like of the thousands and thousands and thousands of women at this point that I have spoken to about business, the vast majority of them are in this to like do something like... I don't want to say big in the world, but like they themselves want to live a big life. And so they're really like... It's so much more about just like their profit and loss. It's so much more about their whatever widget or service that they're selling. It's something more to them for that. And so that seems to be right in line with this whole idea of really creating a movement. So we will eventually get to talk about that. But I would love to know really how you even got involved or even started having this type of an interest in the first place. Yeah. Well, I have been interested in speaking to take you into the way, way back machine since I was in a sophomore in high school and I took my first speaking course and I was terrible and I really, really sucked at it like badly, like nervous spitting, shaking the whole nine yards. And there was always something in my head that was like, this is a really important skill to master. So I decided since I sucked so badly that I should do it competitively. (laughs) (laughs) That is totally a counterintuitive thought, by the way. That's so great. I suck at this. So I'm going to go try and see if I can meddle in it. (laughs) Yes, that was exactly the thought process. Like, I'm really bad at this. Why don't I do it competitively? That says a lot about your personality, by the way. (laughs) You really love challenges, right? Like, hey, I see that there's a deficit here and I can do better. So you are somebody who really like plugs in and works hard at stuff and like, yes, really like works at some of those things that you want to be better at. That's great. Yeah. And it was a great training ground because you go to tournament week after week, you get your butt kicked and you work with your coaches, you work with your peers, and you get to do some peer coaching too. And it was just this great training ground for my speaking skills, for my messaging skills. And eventually, like not in high school, but in college, I got to a point where I was good. I was winning tournaments. I was doing amazing work. And I'm like, oh, but it was all of that time that I spent basically in the woodshed, just getting my butt handed to me that got me to that point. But for me, it was always about this idea that communication was important, that communication changes the world. And that led me to a PhD in communication. And I was a professor at the University of Hawaii for about five years. And I got to the point with being a professor that A, I hate the politics of being a professor. Girl, you and I can talk for days on that one. (laughs) It's terrible. It's terrible. And I was single at the time. And the type of exotic woman a man in Hawaii wants to date is not a Polish girl from New York. So... (laughs) (laughs) So the market was a little thin over there for you. (laughs) Yes. So I ended up moving to Seattle. And in the back of my head, I was like, oh, I could start a business working with speakers. But I just didn't have it in me yet. Like that seems so daunting. So I went into corporate and I was doing market research for about five years. And the whole time I was like working with our executives on their speaking and writing the message and the sales pitch and helping them with that while doing my other job. (laughs) Finally, I started a blog and that led me to launch the business. And recently, so I've been doing like work with speakers for about five years total. And at the end of last year, 
I was literally at my wit's end. I had wrapped the final episode of the Rebel Speaker podcast for 2017. And I was looking at that body of work and being like, what am I going to do next? Because I you were can't. just done with that conversation. Yeah, I can't talk about how to get speaking gigs, how to get clients, how to market yourself as a speaker. Because I felt like all of that information, while people need it and it's good, it was so soulless for me. And it was literally a Google search away. Because honestly, if you have questions on that, none of that stuff is very hard. It's the same principle as any other business that you run. It's like, you got to be good at sales. You have to have pricing. You have to like, you know have what? all those fundamentals. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. I'm wondering if you felt the same way. Like I've had little tidbits of feeling this all throughout Biz Women Rock because education, inspiration, motivation, and, and community for women entrepreneurs. There's 80 gazillion of us out there. And I've had moments where I'm like, I'll have people on the podcast and I'm like, I don't want this to be the same conversation that they have on every other podcast that they've ever gone on. And it's the same. And the title is probably the same. And it's a how-to this and this and that. And I just have craved like something deeper, something different, right? And so I'm wondering if you just had that like... I don't know if Solus would be exactly what I would use. But I understand that feeling of like, Oh my God, this stuff is a search away. Like somebody searching in how to grow a Facebook group. Like how to do all that, right? Like I wanted the deeper soul of those conversations. Yeah. And that was how I was feeling too. And like my work with my clients was amazing because yes, I was working on helping them develop their speech and figure out how they're going to market it, but they would always get so much more. Like they'd have a new way to talk about their business and to call people in. And for me, I'm like, okay, I can't do this tactical stuff anymore. I just am not interested. And so I started going back into my early days of why I felt so passionate about communication. And it went back to how communication changes the world. And I realized that I was so far away from that why that I felt like I abandoned it on the side of the road in rural Missouri and drove (laughs) off to Seattle, Washington without it. Like it was nowhere to be found in the work that I was doing. So I took that time during Christmas break and I started thinking like, okay, so communication changes the world. And right now in the United States, we have all of these social movements rising up with Time's Up, Me Too, Never Again, March for Our Lives, Black Lives Matter. And I was like, oh, those social movements, so interesting to me. And they've always been interesting. And I've always been interested in politics anyway. And then I started looking at the business owners and the speakers that I admired. And what I realized is that they also had a core, simple message. So I was looking at like Mel Robbins with the five-second rule or Simon Sinek, start with why. Sally Hogshead, how to fascinate. They all had three words that called their people in and created something bigger. And social movements had two to three words that call in their right people to create something bigger. And then I was like, Ooh, this is a pattern. I'm into patterns. (laughs) (laughs) And 
I started using some questions from social movement theory to work with my clients to see if I could help develop their core message. Because movements are always moving away from something. So they're rebelling against something. And they're moving towards a new future, the change they want to create. So I started my clients with just like asking them those kinds of questions. And what I found is I would get really rich answers. And then I was able to zone in on that core message pretty quickly. Like sometimes I'd get on call with a client and they'd be like, I don't know what my three-word rebellion is, Michelle. And I'm like... All right, let's talk about that. And we'd go through the process and I'd be like, oh, it's right here, right here. And they're like, mind blown. And it was there the whole time in their speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I do believe that your three-word rebellion exists. And so once I started seeing these patterns, I still didn't have the name for it. And I knew like I needed a name. Like I had to call this something. And so I had lunch with a good friend of mine. She's a book coach named Jenny Nash. And we were talking about this. And she's like, well, what if you called it the three-word speech? And I was like, hmm, close. Yeah. But no. And then I went home and just kind of let this all sink in. And I'm like, oh, wait, my business is called Communication Rebel. Why don't I call it the three-word rebellion? And that is how the framework was born. And it is really about creating this message that is bigger than you, that's bigger than your business, that you're using to call your right people in, to encapsulate the change that they want to see in the world, and really have people take action on your message so they become the messengers of that message, that they become the stewards of that message. And eventually, it takes on a life of its own. For me, it's the way that you can have real impact, that you can show real leadership and be known for something. So let's talk about the practicalities of that. I mean, that has a lot of business implications, but those soul-fulfilling implications are really what I think most of us are after. Like, How do I really make a dent in this universe? How do I really show up and do something that impacts people, that really gets people on board? And you're right. There is a special skill in being able to not just do it yourself, but being able to really empower others to carry on that message for you. So let's talk about some of the practicalities of it. Yeah, sure. Do you want to talk about practicalities as like how to find that message or like how to start that movement or... I guess let's talk about maybe how to find that message because you can't really start your movement unless you know your message, right? Yes. Well, and I always saw people be so frustrated with figuring out what their message is. Like every time you sit down to write copy for your website or do an elevator pitch or think about pitching yourself for a podcast like this one or a speech, if you don't have an angle, like if you don't know what your core message is, you can't get the traction. You can't make that impact. I mean, I struggled with that for years, like figuring out... Well, my three-word rebellion is three-word rebellion, but it was really difficult for me to like hone in on that. So with the process that I've created, and anyone can get these questions from threewordrebellion.com. The framework is widely available. So what I have people do is... The first part of this is it's very creative and fun. It's just answering questions to do free writing. So what we do is I just ask simple questions like, what pisses you off? What are you rebelling against? What breaks your heart? 
And that defines the status quo. And it shows me like where your strong viewpoints lie. And then from there, I'm able to ask you questions about what is the change you want to create? Because movements fail when they cannot paint a picture of possibility for their audiences. Because I think about like the Occupy Wall Street movement from years ago. They had no leadership. All they knew is they were rebelling against Wall Street and the one percenters and nothing happened because they didn't know what they were replacing the status quo with. There was no future to live into. No. And as a business owner, especially business owners who are in the business of transformation like we are, we have to paint that future. And we have to like have a vision for it. And so I have some questions where I ask like, okay, what is the change you want to create? What kind of world do you want to live in? And if everybody acted on what you say, like, what is the world like? And then from there, what, you know, if somebody is working with me, what I end up doing is I use my research skills and I read through all of that free writing and I'm able to develop themes. Like I can just pick out different themes that people are talking about over and over and over again. And so I come up with some core themes. Then I pick out some words and turns of phrases that I particularly liked and have like a word bank. And then from there, you can craft your three-word rebellion, which is either either have a rallying cry that starts with a verb, like start with why, and people say yes to that and want to find their why, or you name that change agent. So the five-second rule is the change agent. The three-word rebellion is the change agent that makes people curious. That's the important part. (laughs) You want to make people curious about your message. And then once we know that, we can start thinking about the audience and why they might reject your message. I don't feel that we in branding and messaging spend enough time thinking about why wouldn't people want to act? And not just like sales objections. Because if you want to call people in to spread your message, you have to find those areas of resistance and then develop a plan to like remove those areas of resistance through your content, your social media, your speech, your workshop, your webinar, whatever else. But once you have that, you can really start launching that into the world. And I call that picking an inciting incident because every movement has an inciting incident. Like Rosa Parks refusing to sit in the back of the bus was an incident that incited the civil rights movement. And those are powerful. And as business owners, we can actually create those. And we see that happen all the time. Like Apple does it with every event. Or Elon Musk and SpaceX, they launched a Tesla into space with a rocket man. <laughs> and that was their inciting incident. But for us business owners, we don't have to like launch a car into space. <laughs> <laughs> every time we go into social media, it, it's an opportunity for us to call in our people to have that inciting incident every time we are on a podcast like this one, we can have an inciting incident. And that way, that's how our message begins to spread. But if you don't have your message, it's hard to have an inciting incident. So that leads me into the next question of why this is so universal, I believe, for every single woman entrepreneur is because all of us are thinking about our 
marketing, our advertising, how we're showing up, how we're attracting new people into our sphere of influence, how we're getting our message out there to the masses, right? And so when we're showing up in our everyday, when we're showing up on social media, when we're showing up for our podcast or our YouTube channel or our Instagram, whatever platforms that we do have where we are showing up, talk a little bit about why and how this actually becomes so practical. Like maybe give some case studies of like, what does this actually look like? Uh, and and why is this worth talking about in such a minute way versus... Because somebody might... I'm, I'm thinking like somebody might be like, dude, I'm just showing up and I'm going to launch my course down here. And so I'm going to talk about this piece of content. Like that's a how-to thing. Like, yeah, that's kind of how I'm showing up. But it's so much more than that. You have so much more potential with each of these platforms to really show up and make your movement, right? So talk a little bit about the practicalities of that. What should people know when they're showing up or even planning showing up on social media so that they can get their message out in a way where people carry the torch? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is put the how in the corner for now. Like, Don't think about the how when you're trying to invite people into the movement. Because what I have seen, especially with speakers and with content, when there is so much how-to, we almost create a distance between ourselves and the people who want to raise their hand and say yes to work with us or to share our content because they think, oh my gosh, she gave me this huge how-to list, right? Like I have to do all these things before I work with her, before I raise my hand and say yes. And that is not true at all. So for me, it's like, let's not talk about the how-to. We can do that a little bit on occasion. But what we really want to start focusing on when we're out there talking on social media is the what and the why. And that resistance, like getting the resistance out in front and talking about that. For instance, so one of my favorite three-word rebellions, which is actually a four-word rebellion because there's a range. <laughs> one of my clients and dear friends, her name is Ime Hisu. She has a website called My Food Allergy Advocate. And she has 300 food allergies. Oh my gosh. And when she eats the wrong stuff, she ends up in the hospital. And yeah, it's not good. It's really ugly. And she had to navigate this whole world of food allergies on her own pretty much. There weren't any experts. The nutritionist helped some, but not too much. And she really had to figure out like things like if you put stuff on your skin, you can also have an allergic reaction. And so when she and I started working together, she kept saying how she, I want to make food fun again. I want to make food fun again. And I'm like, well, that's your thing. Like that's your rallying cry. That's your three word rebellion. Make food fun again. And for her, her starting point with her people are, they're kind of in this like screw it phase. Like nothing is working. I'm just going to be sick forever. Like every time I feed myself. And so she she is painting this possibility that you can eat delicious food and be healthy and still like live an active life. Like she's an ultra marathoner and stuff. Like she's very impressive. But every time she's on Instagram, every time she goes out to speak, she's talking about how to make food fun again. And it's interesting because it has gone beyond just people who suffer from food allergies. It's actually starting to get into the food industry. 
Interesting. My vision for her is that she's going to be able to enact change within the food industry itself. So that is how it starts rolling out. But she's always on social media sharing like her journey her client's journey, what she's eating, what she had an aha about that was making her sick so that other people can learn and see her as a resource for navigating their own food allergies. So I love the fact that you touched on one of the ways to show up and share is sharing your own story, right? Like sharing like, okay, well, here's how it works for me or here's an experience that I had that is a direct reflection of this rebellion or uh, this big vision that I have or the the vision that I want people and the possibility, right? And here's the challenge I had. And then here's sort of the other side of it. Talk a little bit about how someone can do that in a way that's impactful and like still in line. And I'm saying this because I feel like there are a lot of... uh, Obviously, I speak to women entrepreneurs, but there's a lot of women entrepreneurs who feel like they need to be the expert, therefore sharing just the how-to. And so how else am I supposed to show up? Like, How else am I supposed to show up other than as the expert? So talk a little bit about how you've seen your clients show up sharing their message, but not doing it in the how-to way, sharing it in the like, here's my experience. Maybe just a couple of examples just to give people some a, a peppered version of different ways that they could do that. Yeah. Because the interesting part is like when I take people through the three-word rebellion process, it's like, yes, we do the three-word rebellion. We do the audience deep dive. We figure out what your talking points are to move them to action. But then we spend some time on the stories you're telling. And it's your story. Yes, because people need to connect with you. However, it is not your story of like, I was poor and downtrodden and now I'm rich and famous and had a seven-figure loan and blah, blah, blah. We've heard that one 80,000 times already. Oh. <laughs> and we're all so over it. So and tired, some of that stuff is a little ethically <laughs> oh, challenging. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but instead, like I encourage my clients to really identify what I call small moment stories where it's just this like moment. You know, I shared one of mine of just like being at the end of last year and being like, I can't do this anymore. Like that's a very small moment in time, but it has a big impact and it has something that everyone can learn from. So, you know, for Ime, it might be like the day she realized she was allergic to cashews. I don't know if she is or not, but I'm just making that up. Highly likely with 300 things, right? (laughs) highly likely. But she could just tell that part of the story and people would be like, oh yeah, I know what it's like to have that kind of reaction to food. I know what it's like to spend hours in the bathroom, right? Or in business, like telling the why behind your business and that type of story. Like I've just finished work with a negotiation consultant named Devin Smiley and her three-word rebellion is value the ask. And what I love is that she's done over $5 billion in commercial negotiations in her career. And she hated the way negotiation would happen where you lock each other in a room and basically do battle to the wee hours until you wear the other person down. And for her, it was about, okay, how do I build relationships? Like how can we have a strategy that builds relationships and what can entrepreneurs. So she tells that story of being locked in the room or of clients who've had really poor relationships with potential customers because of their negotiation strategy and how she was able to help them turn that around. So all of these are like very small moments. But as long as you can turn them back around to the audience so they feel like, oh, 
I see myself and I've learned something because I feel like too many times stories are like, I was rich or I was rich and then I was poor and then I was rich again. And we can't relate to that. But when we see ourselves in the story and there's that moral that we're able to give back, we're able to position ourselves as the guide instead of the hero. So you're Yoda instead of Luke Skywalker in the story. And that is impactful. And you can do that with your story and your client's stories as well. So what then ends up being the magic sauce that ends up making it stick with the person listening who then feels, I don't know if it's a responsibility or just empowered to or excited about sharing that particular message? Because that's really what we're talking about. Like when you talk about creating a movement, a movement grows because one person who is impacted shares it with another person, whether it's word of mouth or whether it's sharing on social or no matter what that is. So it's like more and more people are finding out about it. So what is that stickiness factor? Like what happens in that exchange? Like you do this work, you tell great stories, you share some good how-tos, you come up with your three-word rebellion, you're sharing your message in an impactful way, you're doing it authentically. What's that sticky factor? I think the sticky factor is you are either getting them a result pretty quickly from your message. So Mel Robbins, five-second rule, brilliant, right? Like she makes so much money from speaking (laughs) and she's teaching people to count backwards from five and take an action. But people get results from that. They're like, oh, I got out of bed. I went to yoga this morning. And then they share about that on social media because there was an impact. And so I think when you can give them like some simple results, even if it's a thinking result. So start with why is really about you thinking, oh my gosh, I'm burned out on my business. I hate it. I don't know why. And well, why am I doing this in the first place? Like, what's my why? And that gets you curious and motivated. And you start thinking, well, maybe there is hope. (laughs) Maybe if I go back, if I find that why, I can actually get re-engaged in my business. So I do think there is that, whether it's a mindset shift to finding your why, or you're giving them some type of action, like the five-second rule. If you can give them something tangible to do next, then I think that's what really makes it sticky and makes people want to share. They're like, Oh, have you read that book? I like, it's amazing. Like I love the five second rule. I love start with why because it gets a result. I love it. So let's go back to your experience. You have this realization in over the holidays, you completely shift things around. You realize that you've got your own three word rebellion. You realize that that's, oh my gosh, that's where I'm going to specialize and go in deeper. So what's happened since? Tell me a little bit about what that evolution has been in your business and what that's meant for you and how you've shown up. Yeah. So number one, once I found the three-word rebellion, and I think once anyone finds their three-word rebellion, you get so excited about talking about it because you are confident. You know that it creates a good change for people and it's easier to put yourself out there. So for me, like I started pitching for podcasts or had my good friend share pitch for podcasts. And I had a great angle. Like I could 
email people and be like, so this, I talk about the three word rebellion. This is what it is. This is what your people get from this. And it was easier for people to say yes. So all of a sudden I'm getting more visibility. And then as I started talking about it, people were like, well, I can't figure out my own message. Can I work with you? So I was able to create a whole new service around it that specifically just helped people create their three word rebellion, that audience journey, those talking points in the story so that they had everything they need to pitch to get out there for their website copy for talking points when they're on sales conversations. I wanted them to have that so they could have a bigger business and support themselves and also have a greater impact in the world. And finally, after taking a several-year hiatus from speaking, because I didn't want to speak on speaking, that is way too meta for me. And whoa, does it put on a lot of pressure. Like you're doing the thing on stage that you're talking about. Yeah, you better be damn good, girl. (laughs) Right? Every time. And I'm like, and I knew I was good on stage, but the anxiety beforehand, I was like, nope, I don't want to speak. I'm going to take a hiatus. I have other things to work on. And so now I'm like, I'm writing a new keynote speech for myself. I want to start speaking again and pitching myself. I'm done the first draft of my book. So things are really moving. And what's interesting after working with speakers for so many years and never being like booked out, I now book out for this messaging package like a couple of months in advance, which is lovely to like look at my client roster and be like, oh, I'm taking clients now for August and September, which feels so good. And it feels like I have a sustainable business. So then I can now build on top of that and really take the time and the care and the energy it's going to take to launch this three-word rebellion into the world. I love that. And I, I mean, that is just a perfect case study for how powerful it is to really do the work to dig down and find your message, to find your three-word rebellion. And because it does that, like you start being less splotchy in your marketing and all over the board and a hell of a lot more directed and a hell of a lot more clear. And people know, people can get it. Like that's really the power of it. And that's one of the other pieces of a sticky factor. Is it easy for somebody to get it? It's relatable. I totally understand it looking at you and listening to what you have to say. And... I feel inspired to share it, right? So that's so much part of it is like you have that energy for it. And it's so much more clear. So the work that you were doing is phenomenal. Such a simple way of being able to really understand it and think about it. So I would definitely encourage you listening to check out more about Michelle's stuff. Her website will be in the show notes. You can definitely go link up to that. Go schedule some time with her. Check her out. Find out more about your own message and get deeper into being able to incite your own movement. Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high-performing woman entrepreneur, listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had... I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode. Mm